welcome back to a quick try with um so it's been crazy the response we've had with our little tribe podcast where two brown girls dina and fahana are celebrating the brilliant south asian heritage month um it's been a truly amazing and validating experience and we just kind of thought you know what this has proven to us that this is right this is needed and there's an appetite for it so this time we decided to explore the urgent topic of colorism we wanted to dig a little deeper and keep the conversation around black lives matter going and as south asian women it's up to us to tackle this byproduct of racism within our community so we're like so excited for this episode because we get to elevate black and brown women and their voices on this controversial topic. And you know what? I'm going to admit it. We get a little bit disruptive. Our language gets a little unladylike. So if you're feeling a little faint-hearted, you might want to make a stronger chai to hear what you're about to hear, because we're about to drop some truth times about colorism. So let me break it down for our audience. Colorism refers to the differential treatment based on your skin color. And this is going to typically happen amongst those of us in the same racial group or ethnicity. Colorism refers to favoritism towards those with a lighter skin tone and the mistreatment or exclusion of those with a darker skin tone. So please enjoy this wonderfully empowering episode with our lovely guest Monica Ali who is a 0 to 19 practitioner in the family services sector working with families within the early intervention team and Shamel Cato who works in marketing for an academic publisher and is a freelance brand consultant. These amazing women will help us to explore how and when this societal disease came to be why communities of colour still uphold it, and how we can begin the work of eradicating it altogether. I'm going to start off this conversation around something that uh, I watched on Netflix a couple of weeks ago. Um, and I don't know whether we've all watched Indian matchmaking or not. I know Monica and I have. Um, for anyone who's listening in and who hasn't had a chance to catch this show, there are some casual but frequent requests for Seema Taparia, who's the matchmaker, to suggest some girls and boys that are slim, fair and tall and words like not too dark like fair-skinned was used in one of the episodes. Now people with darker skin tones are subjected to discrimination and prejudice and fairness is deemed more desirable and beautiful. Colorism and the desirability of fairness is drilled into young girls. I would always kind of hear growing up you know don't play out in the sun too much you're going to get dark or aunties would make unsolicited comments around uh, the darker complexion because they masked it as genuine concern for future marriage uh, prospects, which is obviously absolute bull. So the first question I have uh, for you guys is, what's your relationship with colorism? Can you pinpoint the first time you understood it? So Monica, why don't we start off uh, with you? I think for me, um, it's, I come from a family of uh, four other girls and a uh, little brother and as sisters as five girls we are all very different in color um going from quite fair to me being probably on the darker side and i think growing up um fam not my not my immediate family but extended family very much like oh right okay there was a quite clear contrast between who my, i who we took after because my mum is very dark but my dad is very fair. I didn't really see it because we look the same in terms of our features are very, very similar and we're all very, very loud. Dina can vouch for that. Um, <laughs> but in terms of how we come off in terms of colour, where 
quite different. And um, extended family would say, oh, she's the dark one and she's the fair one. Or in our language, it would be very much, oh, she's the hala, which is the, the dark one. So, but it, was, it went over my head when I was little. I just didn't see it. So, but it started from very, very, from very, very young, very close to home with my sisters. That's where it started for me. And um, I, was, I always got told I'm definitely my mother's daughter purely because of my colour. Wow. Yeah. But my mum's beautiful, so I'll take that. She is. She's my gorgeous. Mom is a my mum is a stunner, so I'll take that any day. And Shamil, how about you? Um, I think for me, quite similar to Monica, actually. My dad's quite fair and my mum is quite darker. And that's reflected in me and my sister. I'm kind of fair and she's quite dark. So it's always kind of been growing up, oh, do you have the same parents or someone assuming, oh, you must be mixed race. And I'm like, well, no, actually, I'm black. Or are you two sisters? Um, which one do you have the same mum, same dad? Like, we both have the same parents. And I think also from my family as well, I think it's a generational thing as well. Older black people in the community would always kind of say something quite similar to like my sister. Like, oh, you shouldn't stay out in the sun too long. You know, you don't want to get any much darker but quite the opposite for me it would be like oh well you definitely need the sun so you need to go out there. oh wow yeah I can't even get my head around that like because it's it's kind of like literally giving two pieces of advice to like it's almost like damned if you do damned if you don't kind of thing exactly, exactly. Like, you exactly. have to like conform in some way I mean I'm thinking of my own experience and like again we're three sisters there's a lot of sisters in this chat um, but um <laughs> I'm the eldest of three and yeah my mom would constantly be like um me and the second sister were really fair and my third sister was like darker in complexion. So in solidarity, I would go and get as tanned as possible. And then my mom would just like freak out. But it's that whole thing of like, where does that even come from? Or like, do parents really think how harmful it is to tell a child that? Like, I don't think they actually even, in the South Asian community for sure, they don't think about the kind of harmful toxic effects of just kind of, you know, those, negative affirmations almost of like saying all that stuff yeah it's a very much like British racism it's almost very covert and it kind of happens in a way where it's just constantly reaffirmed by different people but like you don't even realize it's happening to you until you start to believe that it's true and like yeah. oh you yeah know what white pisses me off the most? yeah but what, what, what pisses me off the most is that it's our own people like it's like this is it this is our own people doing this to us it's not even like yeah. it's like another another ethnicity that's just doesn't quite get it it's like when you like these women that were saying it to me I was like you're not exactly fair yourself so where, where are you passing judgment to like me and my sister yeah it's like internalized white supremacy isn't it it's <laughs> yeah. like that, that's the thing that they don't just like with you know certain feminists where there's like internalized misogyny and you're just yeah. like I mean so this kind of leads me to the other thing that I wanted to talk about I mean in terms of colorism the term itself it's like believed to be first coined by Alice Walker in 1982 um, where she defined it to be prejudicial or preferential treatment of same race people based solely on their color so I guess my question to you guys um, and leading on from what Dina said we're so obsessed with our independence days and like oh yeah like you know India had it then or Pakistan had it here and like we just had South Asian Heritage Month and that's what it was all about but then why when we celebrate all of this independence from the British why are we then or the French or everybody who is white who controlled us um why are we then so obsessed with upholding this particular practice like why are we still using the same standard 
where they differentiate between us on ourselves. Why do you think that guy, that like disparity is? That's to anyone. I think it's deeply embedded. How do you undo centuries of white supremacy? It's like centuries of propaganda that's been yeah. enforced yeah. and instilled into you that white is right. So yes. if you have that, that's not something you can, you know, turn off automatically. It's 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 a behaviour that has to be unlearned. Mm. I think I think do you know what also growing up uh, with a family of girls, we um, we were always told that if you're fair, you've got to get married, or you've yeah. got to get a good you've got to get a good uh, match, and or something like that, or good like a good looking guy. So auto, automat, automatically they said fair equals good marriage. So when that stemmed from when that stems you know right from you're really 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 young and you've got lots of cousins girl cousins and we all hear the same thing not necessarily from our parents because my mum and dad never said that but it's from my from our from our elders um real real elders the typical ones that sit in the porch and front and they (laughs) stay they chew on tobacco chew on pan and they're just sitting there thinking oh well you're never gonna get married why are you gonna go to school or university get married all of that shite so since you know being from a young age fair equals getting married and I just thought well okay if I'm supposed to get married I better be fair then or I better I need to be good looking there's the word I need to be better looking because uh, because fair equals better looking so I just think that and that if that stems from a really young age it's ingrained in you and it just doesn't leave I mean I'm in my 30s now and I still I still have an inkling of fair does equal beauty you know and you know I do I go out in the sun sun I'm thinking oh shit I'm gonna get really really dark I mean I'm dark I'm darker than definitely darker than my husband, so I I I do think oh god I need to put some sandpaper on. I better cover up, but because it's it's really ingrained in you. The more you say, the more you say one thing to somebody, either be you're really 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 smart or you're really really beautiful, it sticks to you, or you're really yeah, really dark. It sticks. True. It really 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 sticks, and you just can't shake it. You really really can't. And you oh to automate think oh well I better you know if I if I'm not fair I'm not going to find a good husband. Yeah no there's no, I mean, there's no other way. Yeah, this is the this is my issue with it, though, like the same old people who bang on about independence and like, oh, do you know what day it is? And like they tell you all these stories about how they fought people to get their Mm -hmm. independence. And it's like, well, you got it. And then what did you do with it? Do you know what I mean? You Mm -hmm. like practice the same toxic behavior and Mm -hmm. the same like shackles. You still have them on. Do you know what I mean? So it's actually really sad when you think about it, because obviously, where are we getting it from? That Mm -hmm. learned behavior. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, no. So, like, Monica, do you are you feeling brave enough to tell everyone how people differentiated me and you, how they described us when we were? Oh, growing up? this this is brilliant. This is this is, this is okay. This is, this is back in our raving days. Yeah, I'm a mum now, so I can't rave Hang anymore. On. Raving? Listen. When did we go raving? Listen, Dina, we've been raving. Okay, I'm not gonna just. I'm gonna air out all your shit now. Okay. <laughs> yeah we we've been raving we've been clubbing we were we were bumping and grinding just us two on nobody else nobody else on the dance floor nobody else on the dance floor just us two so sad isn't it just me and her on the dance floor that's it no we didn't need anybody else just me and her okay sometimes you don't but yeah listen if you've got your girl you you don't need anything else right so we we're, I think we were in a in a bar once or in a club or something silly like that and um and um we were we, we were obviously together and then this guy correct me if I'm wrong Dina because my memory but this guy comes up to us two and just starts talking very innocent just starts talking right and um you know we were, me and Dina were just to our nines you know all of that ooh. and um and it came to about where he just basically said 
that Dina was the fair one with rosy cheeks and I was the dark one with big lips. And that's the only way he could tell us apart. That's the only way he could describe us two without knowing our names. Am I right, Dina? Is, this, is that is that yeah. about right? Yeah, because he, did, he didn't remember our names or anything like that. He just said, oh, you're the dark, you're the dark. How, how you know, how chivalrous is that? He, I'm the dark one with big lips, but she was a fair one with rosy cheeks. And it pissed me right off. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I was like, but so when you describe me as dark one with big lips, that just sounds really, it just sounds really negative. I don't I don't know why it is. It just, it doesn't sound, it doesn't, it paint, negative. A, it doesn't paint a pretty, pretty picture, but the fair one with rosy cheeks, that just sounds really beautiful and you know, well, that sounds a, like a, Disney, doesn't it? Yeah, Disney, that's it. I, I was the villain and she was the bloody princess, as always. <laughs> <laughs> you know? But, yeah, but, I mean, like, but can I ask about the lasting effects of something like that? So, I mean, obviously, if you're on the if you're on the receiving end of being called rosy-cheeked and all of that, then that's fine. But if you're on the other end of the perceived negative attributes, yeah. then what effect does that have on you, Monica, but, like, in the long but, term? But to be honest with you, I'll be honest with you, babes. I had all, I had that all my life, so it's like it was no, literally no skin off my back. I took it as a positive because I like big lips, so you know I was like, yeah, I take that. But yeah. the, but the the dark skin was like, yeah, and I, I, I know. But the thing is, I know I'm dark skin, so I it's not something that I see now. I did before I saw it as a negative, but now in my thirties, I'm like, yeah, you know what, I am dark skin, but I actually really like my skin tone. It's taken me thirty years, thirty four years to like it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? But back in the days, I was like, yeah, I know I'm dark skinned. I get it. Um, But it's literally I think I was so used to hearing it. So used to hearing it. I'm seeing it, right? Like films, magazines, like everything in the media is geared towards white skin. I'll be honest with you. And Dina can vouch for me as well. Growing up, I in terms of the guys that I attracted, I'd never attracted Asian guys ever. Ever, ever, ever. Not a single Asian guy would ever come up to me or ever. Wow. What's that word, Dina? Chirps me. It Chirp. was. Yeah, <laughs> I never got. I never got chatted up by Asian. Uh, an Asian guy. I only ever, ever, ever got chatted up by black guys or white guys, and and that's just that's just the way it was. Colorism is often gendered, and you know because of the unique relationship to who and what is beautiful, it has a tendency, though not exclusively, to affect uh, women more than men. But or the, but we do know it happens to men too. We we t- we kind of touched on earlier being compared with like lighter skin siblings, cousins uh, when you were growing up, but. I want to know um, how you kind of process that experience. So, Shamel, like, you know, when you were being compared to your sister, you mm. know, what did you, how did you process that? What did you do? How did you, how did you, how did that affect you, both of you growing up? I think it affected my sister more. I think her confidence was a bit shot with certain comments made by elders or, you know, obviously just mainstream media. You see videos, you see movies, you always see like, you know, a light-skinned girl as the main sort of lead or a white girl. So it's kind of like, well, who who reflects me? There's no black women reflecting mm. me as such. And even, like, with the whole, you know, natural hair movement as well, like, even mm. through lockdown, you know, kind of going off tangent here, but, like, yeah. essential shops were closed. But for black people, the black hair shop is essential. You yeah. can't go to, like, Tesco's or Asda and, you know, pick up a shampoo or pick up hair grease. So it was just like reinforcing that everything is geared more towards white people or in certain certain cases, mixed race girls. But I think growing up for me, I have probably had some sort of light skin privilege 
But on the flip side of that, I also feel like I've been used as a tool or a prop. I remember particularly in high school, hanging around with a bunch of girls. I think we all wanted to go to the cinema or something. And I decided I didn't want to go. And then one girl, I think she's two years above me, she kind of said, well, no, she has to come because she's a lighty, so all the guys will come. Wow. So then I kind of felt wow. like, wow. oh, wow. Oh, my gosh. Like, you're this saying what we're doing. but I'm like, wow. I know. I was like, is this what we're really doing? So you're just using me for my likeness. So you think by me being there that, you know. You'll attract guys, the boys. I will attract, I will attract men for you. And wow. I think I think at that moment I was just like, yeah, this is really, this is really deep. Mm. I think I probably was about 13, 14 at the time. Oh my gosh, baby. Yeah. Oh, it's terrible. Yeah. And I, from that, I kind of told my mum and obviously my mum just reinforced to us, you know, it doesn't matter what shade you are. Black is beautiful. We come in all different shades. We come in Damn all different straight. sizes. So it's, it's that element of knowing who you are and not letting certain things affect you but I also I am I am aware that I probably and I have benefited from being light-skinned in terms of I can navigate the world a bit different to my Mm. sister or to my darker you know family members or other females. Yeah I think it's it's the same thing for me I just started using it as a weird form of allyship it's like it's an opportunity right like when you do the minute you realize you have privilege in any situation you should be using that privilege to elevate somebody who doesn't have privilege so that's why me me sitting out in the sun getting darker than my sister was me trying to like attract the attention back to myself as opposed to her and also she can't change it do you know what I mean I can because like I'm light-skinned so I agree with Shamel that there's definitely situations where you have privilege but it's more about what you do with that once you're mm. aware of it. I mean, I've had a, you know, you know this, I've had a lot of people, uh, not family, but people comment on yeah. my colour and when we go to weddings and stuff. I, I didn't, do you remember that Mauritian wedding we went to? The, the girl's family started talking to me in Creole thinking I was Mauritian. I was like, oh no, yeah. I'm Asian. I'm, I'm being called yeah. like, what? I was like, yeah, because I've supposedly, I've got, I've got traits that don't make me look very Asian. I've had something similar. Like, yeah. oh, you, don't, you don't look Jamaican. Okay, so what does yeah. Jamaican look like? Well, exactly. Like, exactly. Am I meant to have dreadlocks? Am I meant to exactly. Me? Are you singing Bob Marley all day? Tell me. Thank you. I remember that, I remember... <laughs> I got chatted up by a black guy once saying, oh, what part of um, Jamaica are you from? I was like, Bangladesh. He's like, what? <laughs> He's like, what? I go, Bangladesh. It's a small island. You won't know about it. Because <laughs> he was like, oh, you're Bengali. I was like, yes, I'm Bengali. I'm Asian. They're like, he goes, nah. I go, yes, I am. But you've re- but you got, you got part of black girl features. I go, have I? Because and again, I, I've heard this a very young from growing up. I, I've so I've got black whatever I'm doing air quotes. So I don't know what black girl features are. Yeah, I think for me as well because I experienced all of it quite young. I was able to kind of like inform my sister as well because we've got a seven year gap. So I've always kind of like said, you know what, you need to stand up for yourself. And Definitely. anyone who knows me, listen, my sister gets on my flipping nerves, <laughs> but you mess with her, yeah. I will rip your throat in half. Thank you. <laughs> I love how we have to get particular about the way Shamel's going to kill somebody. No, but I'm the same as you, Shamel. It's true. It's like it's that older yeah, sister yeah. like power kicks in. It's like, what did you say about my little sister? Yeah, so. I think one time I was at Wireless and um, she came along with me and my friends and some guy, I, I don't know what he tried to do, like push her out of the way. He probably thought she wasn't with me or something. And he pushed her and she said something. He told her to shut up. I said, say it again. 
and I'll knock all of your teeth out. And everyone's like, well, who, who are you? I was like, I'm her sister. Exactly. Oh, agree, agree with that, man. So one of the things I really want to talk about is like, yes, Black Lives Matter happens and it's still happening for people who want to engage with it. Um, but it has definitely like, I don't think I've heard the word colorism said so much ever out loud. It was always this like secret thing. But now I feel like, especially within the South Asian community, like that's a strand of racism that we really need to address. And I feel like I'm seeing it everywhere on Instagram and it being discussed. And then in India as well, with the whole Fair and Lovely campaign, changing their name and their product. Um, but like, I want to talk to you guys about like performative allyship when it comes to this stuff. Like, is it enough just to change the name to something, but actually carry on sen- selling like bleaching items? Or what? What do we? What kind of change should we actually be seeing here? Because is it just a cover up? So, not so it, what did Fair and Lovely go to? Did they change their name from Fair and Lovely to? Yeah, they went to like Glow and Lovely. Oh shut! Oh, oh, oh shut! No, they didn't. Yeah, that's different. That's completely different, isn't it? Glow and lovely. It's awful, man. It's awful. But yeah, so what do you guys think about that? Like, is that enough? No, it's an oxymoron for me. How can you change the name, or how can you continue selling a product that clearly has harmful effects, both both physically and mentally? Like, why would you bother? That makes no sense to me. You might as well just cease trading. And let me guess, the person uh, put, uh, sort of highlighting that product and using it is still a fair girl on the TV, right? It's it, yeah. And she's still glowing and she glow and lovely. Yeah. And it's still someone fair using it. And they've probably still got colour, that stupid colour chart. Remember they used to colour the, the colour chart on the on the billboard? You go from this colour, from this colour to this colour yes. in a week. I mean, they yes. still have the same colour chart. Mm. But I also and, think I, until mainstream media shows more darker skinned people it's going to be a catch-22 because until you see yourself on tv or on films or you know on Mm -hmm. advertisements it's always going to be that white is right so how how do you counteract that Hollyoaks did a story years ago about a fair girl um Asian girl who bleached her skin and she burnt herself that was a storyline and yes Hollyoaks did it and this was years ago so and um she ended up in hospital because she used household bleach because oh, she got racism in school and stuff and she was a particularly fair girl um and uh, that was from that was on Hollyoaks but I've actually not seen any other tv shows ever tackle racism in terms of the Asian community um so that was the first time and that was quite it was nice to see in a sense because it's like oh my god they actually are aware of it and they're doing it on mainstream tv and nothing correct me if I'm wrong nothing ever since so I did to me it's like the same as like when corporate companies are like oh yeah we've got this new campaign we're doing all of this we're part of Black Lives Matter but then they don't actually like change anything about the way that they look do you know what I mean to me it's the same thing as like posting that black square on a Tuesday but now we're all back to posting like rosé in a park do you know Mm -hmm. what I mean like suddenly like all of that stuff all that like momentum that we had for Black Lives Matter all the allies have suddenly gotten bored we're having that fatigue and it's all gone and it's I think my issue with that is just basically like it's the changing of a name and then just like pretending like that solved the problem but But in terms of actually addressing the disease I don't think anyone's actually going for it like so it's it's yeah to me it's just like how are we actually going to root 
colorism out if you're just going to change the name and put a different sticker on it my sister okay. works in a high works in a high school and um it was just in conversations that i had with her over the weekend i said to her you know you're a high school are you are you addressing black lives matter are you doing anything um to address it because you, you know she's got a large majority of of black students in the school and she's like oh no the school doesn't want to rock the boat I go, what do you mean? What? I go, what do you mean? I go, what do you mean? Don't want to rock the boat? She goes, it's too political. It's too political. People don't want to get involved. School, high schools, businesses, whatever, they don't want to get involved because it's too political. And parents um, wrote into the school saying, well, it's like the whole BGT diversity whole, th the whole biodiversity yeah. thing. Yeah. It's a it's a family show. It's political. Polit politics has no has no platform on a family show. Well, where else are we going to do it? Where else but also get, those yeah. people from diversity they live and breathe that every day when they walk out onto the street yeah. so why why would that not be addressed that's a but part the, of their at life at the same exactly. time it's like exactly. why why is humanity now deemed as political why exactly. is right yeah. deemed as political yeah. how, how yeah. did it become political it's just yeah. another way of you saying you don't care you you see what's going on yeah. but you actually don't give a shit you don't you don't want to rock yeah. the boat you, and... don't, you don't care yeah, and I said to our girl, what does that mean? Our boats are rocking regardless. Like, we don't have a choice. <laughs> you know well, what I mean? I, yeah, I said to my sister, isn't that upsetting you? Because it's like, you know, yes, you may not be black, but you're a minority. And unfortunately, we are we are a minority against the big wide world and when we're, we're always going to be second class citizens in in yeah. the eyes of the of the of the white people i'm going to again air quotes and um and she's like yeah it does upset me and i know upset a lot of the staff but the head teacher the governors don't want to don't want to do anything about it because it's too mm. political and it's it's gonna it's gonna raise too it's gonna be it's gonna anger a lot of people i go yeah but it's angry in the whole world like people are angry and there's nothing we need to address that. And um, she's just like, well, we literally, we can't. She goes, Monica, she goes, Moni, I'm like uh, a teacher assistant. What, who, who am I against the big, in terms of, in, against head teachers and governors? I go, yeah, but you're one person. Now, you times 30, that's a big workforce. That's a massive, that's, you know, that's a lot of people saying this is wrong. You know, I go. But to also you... clarify, to also clarify there that when we talk about you know, or Black Lives Black Lives Matter and and, and allyship, it, it really is. I know majority of it is backed by you know ethnic minorities, but we I know so many like amazing white people who are so behind and are yes. you know on my Facebook as well. They they they're protesting, peaceful protesting, and things like that, and they're white and. I love that it's the, the 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 movement has been a mixture of both. But you do have to admit that it has slowed down. Like, yeah. it's just yeah. like I feel like I was I was seeing a lot of that stuff being posted by friends of all color, but it literally has now just started to become like, yeah, okay, that was like a summer thing, that's and now trend. it's like September. It's like, yeah, that's over. It doesn't matter anymore. People still aren't like dying. People still aren't being discriminated against. So there is definitely like it was like a seasonal thing and right. I, I think what upset me is that people said this is going to be a flash in the pan or it's like right. flavor of the month and, and I was like yeah. no this is not going to happen with mm. this is a movement now and it's happening this is mm. the sad thing I think that's what makes me sad like well, I also yeah. feel like um, people in this country think it's an American thing yes yeah. like, it doesn't exactly. happen here in this country exactly. like we, we're not racist here we are yeah. fully racist here we're yeah. just very yeah. covert about it we're just better at it yeah, yeah. spare at hiding. I it, mean, all. what about Stephen Lawrence? You know, let's not forget about mm. that. Exactly, yeah. and Mark Duggan, and uh, let's let's not forget about that. And that was, you know, when we were young, when Stephen Lawrence died, it, I didn't I didn't get it. 
I was like, oh my God, did I? But I didn't understand that it was racism. And what hurts the most is that since Black Lives Matter, we've had more in in other cases. So it's not, it's like no one's learnt their lesson here. Like, it's Mm. just, it's, it's sad. It really is. And I just, I hope that we can, as a, as a community, as humanity can do better. I, I'm this hopeful person that thinks it's like generational where like if we are better and we tell our children to be better do you not think that one day we'd get to a, a place that people would just learn to like, I, love each other? There's one thing about people though but there's one thing about systems so just listening to Monica talk about her sister being in a high school I completely yeah. sympathize that well, how much power does this one TA have no, right exactly, but in exactly. terms of like why is the that govern those governors we need more black and brown people in those governors. Mm. That head teacher, we right. need more black and brown head teachers. Yeah, exactly. Like we need to change the system, the system and the then you're going to have, yeah, then you're going to yeah. have some change. I think I think it's a two-way thing, Dina, I agree with you. I think it's hearts and minds as we conduct ourselves every day, but also the systems need to change. Yeah. That's yeah. what needs to happen, I think. Yeah. I th- actually, that leads me to my next question. So I'm going to read out a quote to you guys, and I'd like to hear what you think about it, how it makes you feel. So the quote is, what makes this all so hard to talk about is the internalized white supremacy. If white people disappeared from the planet tomorrow, colorism would still exist in our communities. And that is maybe the most painful part. So just listening to that quote by Caitlin Greenidge, like how much truth is in that? And in terms of really are white people the problem here or is it something more insidious? Is it something deeper than that? It's, it's deep-rooted into our communities, like yeah. I mentioned before. If my Indian auntie and uncle in India can tell me that I'm too dark and my sister's so fair and I'm darker than her, then it doesn't matter if there was, you know, there was the white people disappeared tomorrow. Like, it still happened because our own people are doing it to us. Mm-hmm. But how do, we, how do we root that out then of our own communities? How do we get rid of that? So again, how do you un inst- how do you undo centuries of white supremacy? So regardless of white people disappear tomorrow, as you said, there still will be colorism. How do you undo that? I, I really am like a hearts and mind kind of person because I'm just like you know what? When I have children, I'm gonna tell my kids that they're beautiful no matter what skin color they are, and it's gonna they're gonna then do it to them. And I feel like the old it's the older generation of our community well I, and I took it for our community talking about my particular community like it's, it's our gen it's the older generation that are doing it the young you know the people my age they're not comparing well not that I can see they haven't said it to me to my face but they haven't they don't really say those things it's the older generation that are saying it and I'm like not in a morbid way but maybe like it will die out but that's again the wishful part of me that's like you know growing up and, and getting older and having our children not define people by the color of their skin as well it will take on the, the desired effect that we want is that it doesn't matter what skin tone or skin color you are D- but dina I, d- I don't know i think it is our generation though because um do you remember that story that i told you about uh when you came over the other night about when i was out with my friend i was just at and this this uh this friend was fair-skinned it was a guy mm-hmm. and he was pretty fair-skinned and I had uh, two Asian girls come up to oh, me yes. and yeah. say t- and say to him, "Why are you with her for? She's the N word. When you can no. be going, oh, hang yeah. on. When you when you can be going out with one of us." And I looked at him. I looked at them. I don't forget. I'm a bit feisty in it. So I was like, yeah. "Is this girl kidding? Like, are you are you being serious?" And he just stood back because he knows why like, she's gonna go. She's gonna flip now. So he stood back. <laughs> And he was just laughing, thinking, this is girl, this is going to be funny now. Now, I'm not going to tell you how it ended, 
but I got escorted out of the town centre. Well, you would actually touch on a really good point here because what I think is that a lot of colorism, because it really, as I think Dina mentioned earlier, is quite gendered. Women yes. just uphold it for themselves. So I almost feel like whenever I've got into these debates about color with people in my family or friends, I swear men take a step back because they're like, oh, this has nothing to do with do me with because yeah. I will never mm. be judged by the shades of my skin tone because my all of male like kind of success and achievement is like wrapped up in their like occupation in a traditional brown sense. Mm. So I feel like I feel like it's for time for men to step up in our communities and like back up the darker skinned mm. women and like join those debates. Like, what do you guys think? Oh, no, I agree. I 100% definitely. agree. I just I feel like they've always taken they've copped out they're like literally always been like oh yeah this is nothing to do with me but because, actually by, yeah, by but because, saying anything yeah. you're holding that system yeah but because all their life they've probably been seen as fair is beautiful so that's what I envisage fair as being beautiful and uh pretty, fair girls are always going to be beautiful there's no in between so for them is they they've been spewed this this propaganda from their their from their whoever their people and Girls our age have been told they're fair, so they're beautiful. Um, so, and that, that's it. They're, that's that's them on the pedestal. I'm fair, also, so I'm going to be beautiful also, all my life. But also, another thing, another dimension here is that even if the the guy was to bring home a, a darker skinned kind of a darker skinned girl, I have known situations where the guy's mum has said, and I'll say it in Gujarati here, but ah, the more gali chair. Like she's really she's really dark. And I'm just like and and the boys wow. just like standing there. And it's just that and, and but so I mean. they, they need yeah. to they need mm. to yeah. I mean ultimately they got married, but like the the mum is that's what she, that was her first line upon seeing her picture or seeing her I can't remember whether it was a picture or it was face to face, but at the Bogalice. Like, you know, that's it's such a flippant comment, like but this is these are the mother these are the mothers and the parents that are saying those things so yeah like when we talk about being embedded into their sons it's coming from the parents it's coming from the older generation that's around them this is what like that actually reminds me of um you know Nadia Hussain like the awesome mm. awesome chef yes. who has Bangladeshi heritage so she she made a whole post on it on Instagram how her husband picking her was like completely shocking because he's way fairer than her and no one yeah. could understand why he did it. Like, forget the fact that she has, like, an amazing personality, that she is gorgeous, like, all those things. But the, she's like, I physically remember, like, everyone in my family questioning why he was picking me rather than backing me up and just being happy for me. So that's how strong colorism is, that they actually were like, oh, you need to double check that he really wants to marry you and it's not a misunderstanding. But again, this is my problem with the male gaze. I, mean, I just don't know why our beauty standards are wrapped up in what men think in the same way that why do we care what the white gaze is about something? Do you know what I mean? Mm. We, I think we need to free ourselves of those kind of approvals and mm. then maybe we can get somewhere. I read something about how in the workplace, like light-skinned women end up getting paid more than dark-skinned women. No. Yes. Do they? Yes, there's stats. I will find no. them. No. Wow. Let yes. me know because so I don't get paid <laughs> enough. <laughs> Mate, yeah, but have um, you compared your salary to a dark-skinned woman? Fair, like, fair, I don't even want to. This is where data gets scary. And so literally, there's all these attributes. It's not just prettiness that we all have unconscious bias towards. It's like, oh, white is pretty, but also white means more intelligent 
why it means like uh you know just all just a whole array of things it means they're mm. kinder it means they're probably more generous like these are the <laughs> things like if you think of snow white and you just literally think of the her actual name yeah and it's mm. it's literally like the fact that this is this means that colorism is costing someone is costing us money it's costing dark skinned women money and probably like mobilization in the workplace and all of this stuff like so i could be owed millions trying to tell me i'm trying to tell you man so I, could be, I could be owed millions it's true <laughs> oh my days think about the like you know ethnicity pay gap of course then why would that not translate into colorism too that makes perfect sense i feel like we've kind of touched touched on it already in some senses so i'm going to i'm going to shift the question slightly we all we you know uh, one of the questions was you know are we are we now in this in this in the time that we are now embracing our skin color whether it's you know, whether you're dark skin whether you're light skin um and whether you still let whether you're dark skin or you're light skin still define you and I wanted to ask that question because, so, you know, growing up, I had the, I had the comments, right? So at, at now I'm 34, 34, 35, I can't remember which one years old, won't want to go out into the sun because I don't want to get dark. And I shouldn't give a shit about any of those things. It's, it's, you know, you get the little devil and angel on your shoulder. There's a part of me that has someone on my shoulder telling me, you're going to get too dark, Tina. Like, you don't want to go out too much. I remember being on holiday and wearing hats to cover from the, from the sun because I didn't want my face to get dark. I don't mind about anything else getting darker and tan, but I didn't want my face to get dark. So I'm asking that question because it's a little bit of a, like, do you feel the same as me? <laughs> or are you like, nah, mate, I'm embracing my skin. I love who I am kind of thing. Like, I, like, I love who I am now. I think I've always been like that. I couldn't give two fucks, to be honest yeah. with you. Like, yeah. it, it, when I go on holiday, I make sure I come back 10 times darker than I naturally oh my am. God. Because I love it. Same. Same. I love you can't it. tell me nothing. And the whole light skin, dark skin thing. I don't really pay much attention to it. I'm aware of it. Don't get me wrong. I don't ignore it. I'm aware of it. And obviously, as I said before, I'm aware of my supposed privileges because of it. But can't tell me shit. I'm black. I'm proud. And take me as I am. If you give a life, oh, you don't, I really yes. don't care. Yeah, I'm straight. Love it. Ah, yeah. oh, see, I need your confidence, Shamil. Like, give me some of that. <laughs> but that Monica, what about like, you? Like at the beginning, um, no. And I'll be honest with you, Dina, having you as my best friend for the last 17 years and by my side, uh, I was always, I was a bit jealous of your skin colour when I first met you because I was a bit insecure, you know, about, about my skin colour back in the days. This is, you know, I'm talking about 16, 17 years old now, isn't it? I am dark compared to the heeners and the meaners and all of that in the world. I am the dark. The and meaners. <laughs> yeah, and the Dinas. I am. Oh yeah. my God, I'm the Dinas. Oh no. Yeah, yeah, because I really, really was. And don't forget, I was, and also don't forget, I was one of the few Muslims in the school. Yeah. I was yeah. around a lot of Gujaratis and Hindus and India. I was, very, I, was, I was very around, I was one of the few Muslims in school. So I had that as well as being dark. So I was, yeah, I was a minority against a minority. So then I was like, okay. I mean, it didn't really, I was, it was obvious I was a bit different. But then again, like Shima, I was very strong. I was very, very, I'm a bit ballsy, a bit brash, a bit of a bloke in that sort of sense. Um, so I used to, I used to, 
be like, yeah, okay, whatever. But a, a little bits did, little bits did, uh, did get to me. And then I met Dina, and I was like, okay, she's and she became my best friend very quickly. But we're very again, paper, we're very different. She looks one way, I look the other way. And so when we used to go out, you should get a lot of attention from Asian boys. And I'm like, oh, I never get Asian hang boys. Hang on, hang on a second. You know, you said that you were. I don't like that word jealous but because of my skin color and you you have no idea you oozed the confidence that I wanted you didn't give a shit about anyone and anything you 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 were confident and I was not like that at all so where you wanted something from me I desired something from you and your trait and I wish I was more confident like you and I'm in my 30s now I think oh my god I love my skin tone like I can honestly say I absolutely love my skin tone when my son was born I didn't want him to be fair Mm. I wanted him to look like me. Yeah, yeah. You yeah. know, now he's now he's got such a beautiful brown caramel skin tone. I was like, yes, this is what I want. <laughs> I want literally, he's, he literally shines in the sun. He's so caramel. He's like me now, and he's actually. I think it's going to be darker than his dad, which is like yes, because his dad's dad's very fair. But I, but it's like I can now say in my thirties, I love my skin. It's taken thirty years but I absolutely love my skin tone. I think it's also about like, why are we even trying to say there's one way to be Asian? Like it's it's the same thing that Shamel said about like, oh, so are you Jamaican or they they would never guess. And I think it's this whole thing, like there's more than one way to be black and there's more than one way to be brown. Do you know what I mean? Um, And like, Yes, I'm I'm more in the camp of, you know, Shamal and it's like, I don't give a fuck, like, what shade you are or what shade I am. Like, it's all beautiful. It's all melanin. We're all melanated people. That should replace yeah. pain anyway. Um, mm-hmm. But Dina, like, I feel for you, man. Like, don't feel bad. Like, it's not your fault. I don't want to sound like Goodwill Hunting, <laughs> but <laughs> it isn't your exactly. fault. That you have feelings, you still have this shit embedded in you. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's not on you, babe. That's on society. Yeah. You know, I bring in here what I yeah. think all black and brown people should have every day, all day anyway, because we're living in like a white society. Yeah. Therapy. I genuinely yeah. think we all should be engaging in our mental health, like how to promote that, how to boost that, because we've grown up in a society that is basically an episode of like Black Mirror. And yeah. we've been trying to navigate that our whole lives through code switching, through all of that stuff. But this was just an extra layer to constantly know, like in one situation, like you're Asian, like everyone sees you as like, oh, you all look the same. But then you go to when you're within a brown society, you might have some weird privilege. Like it's a really messed up thing to know that you're the bottom of the ladder, but then there's like another layer where you might not be. So I honestly think like it's it's not your fault if you you still have those hang ups. But I genuinely do think this is where mental health comes into play. And that's what we should be addressing going forward. And that's what we should be helping young kids have like positive, like Shamel said, just like having parents who boost your confidence Mm. and like tell or like, you know, the way Monica's so happy that her boy is golden brown and it's gorgeous. I think that's yeah. what we need. That's what yeah. we should be looking for. Uh, do you remember, I mean, uh, anyone who watches Bollywood, but when you first saw Bipasha Basu come onto the screen, oh, I thought, oh my yeah. God, yes, yeah. yes, someone darker than, I don't know, some, do you know what I mean? She was yeah. like, and she's beautiful, her features, but she was her skin tone. That was so exhilarating to see that. I was like, yes, Guan. Yeah, but also, she's, been, she's from Bangladesh. Like, yeah. so, so, so I thought, oh my God, I'm finally getting represented. That's why things like Black Panther, are like such a breath of fresh air like obviously I rewatched it because you know Chadwick yes oh my god um, rest in peace Chadwick yeah, yeah and it's such, such a legend but like 
literally what I rewatched that two weeks ago and it literally was such a breath of fresh air just to see everyone just celebrating like the camera the lighting everything is celebrating that and it's the same when you watch Insecure it's like finally skin tones are like we can see the different like elements and nuance in skin tone as well. And I oh think it's God, just- That was the most amazing part. Is it's that just, the yeah, it was missing. Yeah. It was massively missing. Like, it's like, do we really? And also one flavor is boring. Do you want vanilla every day? Come on now. Like, <laughs> I, I think also for as girls, for, uh, for me, it's when they started bringing out more shades of makeup. I was like, yes, I'm not gonna look gray anymore. Yes. Do you know what I mean? When makeup came out with mm. other shades, like when Bobby Brown came out and and Max Fenty. started doing and Fenty, Fenty, Fenty is that Fenty man, Fenty it, save lives. It, it, do you know? <laughs> <laughs> so when, seriously, honestly. I was like, yes, because I was stuck with Rimmel back in the days, and I looked grey all the time because I was trying to find the darkest I could, one. I can attest to that. I can attest to that. <laughs> all right, listen, Dina. Yeah. <laughs> I literally was a case of yeah, 50 shades like, of grey. Yeah, but it wasn't for you. Do you know it what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I, I wanted it. No, exactly. And I wanted to wear makeup and I had to find the darkest shade. Naturally, I thought, okay, well, if I get a darkest shade, it will suit my skin tone. But then I ended up looking grey. But then I remember when I went to Mac with you, Dina, for Amma's wedding and I had yeah. a, um, a makeover at the store thing and she gave me my skin tone. I felt liberated. I thought, my mm -hmm. God. First of all, I know what shade I am. It suits me. It was amazing. And then now I see makeup ranges for all different colours, like the darker tones. It's amazing. Because yeah. because I think, you know, there's a really sinister thing there as well. Like, and I remember that horror story of being a teenager and trying to find, like, foundation in Superdrug yes. or something. But, like, when you are putting on the wrong shade, and usually it's lighter because most Asian people are trying to tell you you should go lighter anyway, it literally is like putting on a white mask. It's yes. a really yeah. frightening thing mm. to try and be a white lady when you're not a white lady. Um, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> like, it's so horrible. So like, Sorry, yeah, I, I can't even- flash of white chicks in my No, but it's, no, yeah. like, that's how it felt <laughs> some days. I was like, I don't think this looks right. And your mom's like, no, nah, no, nah, you look good. You look whiter, go, go to the wedding. Um, and it's, yeah, it, so actually the Monica, the word you use, liberated, that's absolutely oh, spot on. And I remember on my wedding day, I, I nearly punched my makeup artist because she tried to make me look whiter. <laughs> I nearly punched her. I was like, you're going to try and stress me out on my wedding day. I'm getting mad in a few hours and you're trying to make me look like it. Because oh, <laughs> oh obviously wedding, wedding gold and all the wedding makeup oh. and all that is horrible anyway, isn't it? Because it's too much. And then she yeah. started putting a tone that wasn't my tone. And my sister comes in and she started cracking up. I'm like, babe, are you being serious? You're kind of trying to make me look like a dick on my wedding day. <laughs> Yeah, this is, my, this is my one chance of true happiness because I knew I was told I was never going to find a man, and I finally <laughs> found a man, and you're going to try and, and you're going to try make me like this, and because oh, she was she was a Pakistani girl and she was really fair. I was like, babe, I don't look like you. Mm. Yeah, I don't look like you, so I cannot be your shade. But I remember going to all these um, uh, makeup trials, and I said to them before I before I I um. I booked them, I said to them, by the way, FYI, I'm dark skinned, so please have dark skinned makeup for dark skinned girls ready. Not come with me with beige number four or five because it doesn't work. I'm dark skinned. I'm not wasting my time and money to have a makeup tutorial when you're going to make me look like a dick. Oh, oh my God. But that's uh, like, that's like, but that's happening money. to people in Hollywood and stuff, yes. right? Like, Black yeah. actresses are saying like they have to turn up to set with their own oh, foundation. Yeah. Yeah. What the hell is that? Like, how are you? Yeah. Oh my yeah. God, seriously. Like, th and that's what I mean about systems need to change. And it's not just enough people going around being like, oh yeah, let's be nicer to each other. That's not going to work. Know, it's, 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 it's products, it's systems. It's, it's when, whatever equals money, I suppose. 
right yeah rihanna proved it right she proved yes. that there's money in that and black panther yes. proved that we want to see that so like what it, literally i don't know what it takes for people to understand that we want color like we want it in all the shades do you know what i mean there needs to be a blueprint fenty set the blueprint you do mm. more shades equals more money you know, and Jamal, Panther. do you remember like how YSL, everyone, are, suddenly all the white brands started offering like all the shades? Like that happened like the next day. Immediately, immediately. There's that, there's that domino effect, right? That, that, that positive domino effect that other makeup brands are, are, are looking. That one person to just be like, nah, yeah. this is what we want. Yeah. And mm, so good. Yeah, but you're still not seeing enough, enough uh, darker skinned girls no. On, the, on the catwalk, in the on billboards or in shop models and all of that. Still, not, I find that like, when they use black models, it always seems to be a set sort of type. Set, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Like a token, yeah. yeah. curly yeah. hair, and it's like, okay, exactly. babe, we don't all have curly hair. We're not all mixed. Exactly. You know, yeah. some of us don't have hair at all. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah, that's yeah. it. That's it, and but we know what no one really has stood out in doing. I know is it ASOS or Boohoo started trying, but again, it was that token dark skin, token Asian, token black. But they actually, I don't look like a token Asian at all. Mm. This whole Asian looking model exactly. that's exactly. racially ambiguous, you can't yes. really tell where she's from. Yeah, yeah, it's tiring. It's, it's very we're tiring. Still, we're still not seeing that. And unfortunately, as younger, like younger girls, way younger than us, um, if the, the, when they start seeing that, that's what they're going to see. And they, if they're not going to see themselves being portrayed, they become they, can, they become um, put at the back front. You know, where I don't matter. And that's where it comes from. Girls are not going to start to matter. Or they try to be, yeah. or they're trying yeah. to be one of the girls that are on the screen, which exactly. is even and worse. And that's, that's where thinking she needs yeah. a BBL or breast implants. Or straight or, in the you know. Who's straightening their hair with an iron? I did. With an actual iron. <laughs> really? <laughs> she did. Iron, she did. An iron because why straight hair is beautiful. Yeah, but there was no straighteners. There was, no, I could, are, you, are you calling me a Trump? <laughs> <laughs> no, I just asked were there no straighteners. Uh, well, this is something, yeah. Six children in the house, and I had a lot of hot mouths to feed. Okay. <laughs> Listen, the quick way to do it was get an iron out on the iron board, bang, 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 you're done. Right. It's like literally putting acid on your skin to bleach it and literally putting your hair on fire, all yeah, just then, to look white. It's not nice. the same with the black yeah. community with relaxers. Like, exactly. I remember my mum yes. put a relaxer in my hair at age six, just oh. because it was, it, at that time, it was more manageable to have straight hair. And if you think like, what a relaxer is, yeah. actual physical chemicals, a bleach, basically. Yeah. So, you know, it could burn you, literally. Yeah. And I remember she did that for a long time. Yeah. What us girls go through, hey? <laughs> okay, so now, like, the million-dollar question, although we've kind of been, uh, like, answering it along the way, like, how do we as a people break the cycle? How do we move forward? How do we ensure generations to come are free of this and you know as someone said like will we be free of it in this lifetime but what as allies and all of this what could we be doing that could make those changes even if they're just like small changes for now what would you guys like to start seeing change our behavior right if we start mm. if we start changing the way we think what we think about ourselves and I know that I should be t listening to myself when I'm saying this yes but if we <laughs> if we if we start 
you know, embracing who we are and encouraging those around us to embrace who they are. You know, it's small steps. It's, it's not going to be, like you said, it's not going to be big stuff, but the behavior change starts within. And you girls are so confident and you love your skin that you're in. And I love that. But, you know, there are some of us who aren't quite there yet. And I think we, yeah. I, I need to get there. <laughs> I think it's also about educating elders as well. Like if your parents or someone in your family says something, you need to stop them in their tracks and correct yes. them. I've done that a couple of times with like aunts and uncles and where they've kind of said something either towards me or towards my sister or somebody else and just kind of said, no, it's not acceptable. You don't mm. say that and kind of educating them in the process of it. Yeah, because it's all about kind of disrupting those smaller, like those smaller gatherings where you have power, right? So yeah. It's like if you can influence family is a place like your workplace is a place where you can have that conversation like mm. it's wherever or your your kids or whatever anywhere where you have influence you can start making that change right now true. Yeah, yeah I think for the South Asian community there's so much stuff like there's like proper caste systems in India like breaking that is like I've been just reading up about a lot of like Dalit feminists and how so Dalits being like the untouchable community at the bottom of this caste system and how they're just denied things like education like they could be geniuses and they'll still be expected to like sit in the corner of a classroom or something so it's just it's really about breaking that those systems and really questioning them and like why do we still have this in place like fair enough you had this ideology why is it still going on because you're actually actively stopping amazing people progress Mm -hmm. Like you're stopping someone from like being their true authentic self. And actually they, that person could turn around and like invent the cure for something, like find mm. the cure for yeah. something. Exactly. And you've just stopped them from having that education because you've got this weird system to keep going based mm. on colorism, based on like being colonized. So mm. I think people need to genuinely, genuinely, like it's that whole thing. I think in some cultures, people are holding on to what they say, quote unquote, is culture but you mm. really need to question how much of that is culture and how much of that is just man-made bullshit. But I think or as I... girls, we should be protective over, over each other. Oh, and 100%. Because we're, we're the only ones looking, I'll be honest, we're the only ones looking out for each other anyway. When it comes to sisters, friends, whatever it is, literally, we're, we're, we're only ever going to have each other. And so you have to be protective over your friends and sisters. You have to be. It's the only way. Ladies, this has been an amazing and insightful conversation. A huge thank you to you, Monica and Shamel, who joined us for this special chai and sharing your real and funny experiences, as well as some pockets of hope for the next generation. Thank you, everyone, for listening as well. Please make sure you're following A Quick Chai With on all your chosen platforms so you don't miss the next frothy episode.